Ladies and gentlemen, he's back. Patrick, you're here. Well, what happened with the Patreon? Yeah, what happened with Patreon? Well, the check bounced. The check. And the, so I'm back. The check bounced. So he didn't even get a full month. Hashtag delete Patreon. He only got two <laughs> weeks. This is the true controversy of Patreon <laughs> on our definitely real Patreon account that isn't made up. And he got two weeks for absolutely nothing. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk twice as much now. Oh God! Insert oh boy! <laughs> Insert dead air here. <laughs> but welcome everybody to another episode of the podcast. Hey, yeah, we back. We the back. The whole crew is here. Everybody. We're kind of going to get into a topic that me and Alex talked about a little bit last week. Yeah, very little bit. But we figured with all the news that came out in the last like week or two. Yeah, last two, three weeks. It needs to be talked about even more. And that's digital or not digital distribution. That was last no, week. No, that was last week. I'm, I'm we a, talked about that I'm a lot. Idiot. I'm like, sure we, we talked about that a lot. In, but. <laughs> we could tie it in, but it's actually about predatory practices in gaming. Um, and the first thing that comes to my mind, because we were talking about it just a few nights ago, which is on the, I guess on the opposite end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. is Rocket League is now getting rid of loot boxes completely. Yes, they have made an announcement to get rid of the, the loot crates. There is no more random chance item drops. Usually this kind of topic is brought up because of like bad news, which I, I'm sure there is some, like uh, like 15 minutes ago, something Particular yeah, to this bad happened, but like to do it for good news is kind of yeah. awesome. And there was also an announcement made um, earlier this week or last week that they were going to start disclosing um, odds numbers, odds numbers for, for Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft. I don't think it's something that's on PC as of yet, but Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft all came out and went, "Look, we want odds for." Any sort of loot boxes that are coming, they want that in there so that people understand what they're getting themselves into, which is, I mean, I guess it's a step in the right direction. All positive things for the consumer. Now, I would much rather loot boxes be gone completely, but I mean... Yeah, well, I I also don't want to be, like, too, like, yay, they did the good thing, because, like, let's be real, the reason they did this is because this is, like, the bare minimum to clear... There, there are a number of countries now that have legislation involving this. I want to say, what, like 50 company, countries or so that are mm-hmm. kind of oh, yeah. like setting a new like water level for this. Yeah. And so now they're clearing the new regular hurdle. So I'm glad they're doing it, but they are just, it's It would have been nice compliance. if it didn't wait until they were absolutely had to. But, you know, that's <laughs> the nature of the beast now is like they'll do it when they absolutely have to. Yeah, like we had the conversation last week, I brought it to Alex's attention, about GTA adding a casino into their game, and you can spend real money in this casino, mm-hmm. and there's you're not getting anything back from it. You're not. They're not going to be like, oh, you made $1,500. Let's send that guy a check. Like, that's not happening, so... And, a, and like you said, a bunch of countries were just like, uh-uh, can't have that. Immediately, we can't, it's illegal, we can't do yeah. it. Yeah. You just can't have that happen. And we also talked about, I guess, this is predatory, I guess, in a couple of ways, was Crash Team Racing. Oh, God. They get the review scores, mm-hmm. and then they add the microtransactions afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's real, That's a real bad look. Now, I'm, I'm going to come out with uh, an, what I like EP? to consider a reasonable 
if not unpopular opinion. And that's not, microtransactions are not inherently bad. Like, I understand, like, when you have a game, say, like, Rocket League or or Overwatch or, or anything that's continuing to be played and requires upkeep and people continuing to work on it, you got to pay those people, right? Yeah. Like, you got to pay those people. So I, I get the need to find additional revenue. Now, that being said, microtransactions in general are very, very ripe for abuse in that... I don't think it makes them predatory in and of themselves, but the way that they're used a lot of the times is. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, I have nothing against, like, for example, if Fortnite had more of, I think they do have, like, sort of a store. They do. They have an item store. The items rotate, and you can pay a set amount of money for cosmetic items only. Yeah, I it's would. It's only cosmetics. I would prefer it that every item like whatever item you want it's in there it's got it's got its price point i mean yeah there could be some exclusive items that come out here and there well, there's something but- to be said for for scarcity and they a lot of it is they want people to keep coming back which is why they have the rotating shop like it changes every day you want to create a sense of fomo yeah exactly okay. so i i, I kind of get it in that sense and but you know what you're buying you know what you're paying for. You're not like buying a key for a dollar, two dollars, whatever, and then opening a box and hoping that you get your money back. Yeah. And hoping that you think it's worth it after the fact. You can make that decision informed beforehand. Now, it may not be the right decision. You probably yeah. shouldn't spend $12 on video game clothes, but you know what it is you're buying. Yeah. You're not being lied to That's, up front. That, that, that is completely, at that point, it's completely on your it's decision. On the, it's on the consumer. It's on the consumer, yeah. whether you... Well, now, if you get an item that in your in-game store would be worth 99 cents, but you paid $12 to get it, then that's a little bit different. But at least you're informed about it yeah. as far as the item shop goes. Yeah, with the item shop, definitely. Now... I, I, I'm going to look into this in just a second, but last night I was having a conversation while I was out and they were talking about uh, PUBG. I remember when we were playing PUBG years ago, years ago. I was super excited because I got this like rain slicker gear, I think it was, <laughs> and I was able to sell it for like $50. Yeah. And I just got it in a random box. But apparently from what i understand now PUBG doesn't allow you to sell the items anymore you can exchange them for like in-game currency but you can't sell them anymore on like the marketplace do they still have boxes in PUBG? yes oh so you can pay you can pay real cash for the item or for the for the for the key to get open a box or whatever and you can get the item, but then you can only exchange it for in-game currency. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that, but I want to make sure that I'm correct about that, so I'm going to look real quick. It's weird. They're like So the loot crate thing, I feel like, was popularized initially by Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike which and, had and Team Fortress. Which were popularly gambled on counter Like, it was in Team Fortress, but like Counter-Strike had it in this huge way that like merited news. Like yeah. People were calling oh, yeah. it gambling like before anything. Okay, this is not true. I immediately click on it, and I see <laughs> items that are for sale. I was told that you couldn't sell the items, and I see hoodies and tracksuit pants 
and gun colors and everything is still available. But they're worth money, right? Like, it's small money, but, like, that's sort of the thing that ties in with this. Like, when they call it gambling, like, a part of it is that it's built like a slot machine in Mm -hmm. terms of loot box. But there is also, to some degree, the element where, like, people sell these items and they have a rarity and there is a market for it. And they are kind of banking on that to a degree. Yeah. There's different layers of abstraction that like put it further from the company. But at the end of the day, like everybody's sold wow gold, you know, in the pit, like every game has had that. Yeah. Well, and and another thing, like it's not just the, the developers or the publishers that are predatory with these things. Like coming back to counter-strike, I don't know if you guys remember the whole CSGO lotto thing that happened oh, a couple yeah. years ago where there were these these two like big YouTubers that were were making videos about them like gambling their items. And then it comes out after they've gotten massively popular that they actually owned the website that they were doing these gambles on. Oh yeah. And so there wasn't anything like proven that they like rigged the system. But a like, but it's super misleading. Yeah. A, why wouldn't you if you owned the fucking website? And B, how do we know that they didn't like for sure? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's no without any sort of like monitoring or accreditation or like auditing of the system. Like, yeah, who knows? It's just yeah. like their word that they're gonna give people items. Like, and see, it, and, and in, in that same vein, like, how do we know that like the videos that they recorded? weren't just like test runs, quote unquote, to make sure that the website worked properly. And they, it was basically just a video that you were watching. Yeah. Right. Like none of those other people actually had to be there. So long as he has the website, he has the interface, they can do whatever they want with it. So it's, it's soup. It's not, it's not guilt, but it's super shady. Yeah, and It doesn't look right. And like I said, on look. top of that, like it's super misleading in multiple ways. Cause you're talking about, they never disclose the fact like, yeah, we, you know, we have a large share. We own this website, whatever it may be. That was never, ever indicated once in this thing. They were just like, yo, you should check out this really cool website that I found. Like, no, that you found did maybe. Yeah. That's a different word. Yeah. yeah. If you say you found it, that's misleading. Like, that's a lie. To me, yeah. that's a lie. That's like, a straight up. Lie. That's a dishonest act. And... It's not just the, the like the publishers and the developers that are the ones who are being predatory. And with those systems in place, like even though they're put there by, you know, Valve or Psyonix or Blizzard or whoever, they're they're still ripe for abuse by the community. Like, like the when sp- I played a lot of Team Fortress two, uh, I did get a little bit into the whole trading aspect of it, and I got at least two messages a day of people trying to fish my Steam account. Oh yeah. Yeah, the, to a day of people trying to fish my Steam account, it's, and, it's hard to say that Valve isn't a, wasn't aware of it at the time either. Like, because Team Fortress Two is being built around like this hat economy in yeah. a lot of ways, and oh, yeah. like it was so known with Counter Strike and so visible that like you know it, did they really just like ignorantly like oh wow our games are really popular like absolutely not like yeah and so and at, at times they would. They would publish tips like it would be like imagine a city operating this way where they put out a pamphlet on tips how not to get murdered, but then didn't have any cops on the streets. Like they just didn't have a police force. They just told the public like, hey, don't get killed by all these people. We're not stopping from killing you. And it's 
it, it just seems backwards to me. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's kind of the nature of the game with this sort of thing is, like, if it's popular and it's making money and nobody's, like, forcing you to stop doing it, then, uh, you know, just keep your mouth shut. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's, um... And here's the thing. When I, when I think about this topic, I don't want to get too down on the developers because I do understand that the entire... Like, the entire way the business of selling a game has been done has changed over the course of the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Oh, yeah, and years. that's something we talked about extensively last You know, week. with, with free-to-play, like you said, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, th- th- at the end of the day, they still have to find a way to deal with all of the costs that they incur mm-hmm. creating new content doing whatever they have to do. So it's... Maintaining servers. Yeah, maintaining like, servers. It's that question of... Like, like I said, I don't want to get down on them. It's more like where, what can we do as like, where can this discussion go where we can come up with at least some sort of direction that we can take the game industry that would make both the consumer and the developer happy. So and that's a tough question. Yeah, to answer. That's a tough question. I'm yeah. going to separate out, separate out a couple of things. Cause in terms of developers, I, I agree that like, I don't want to come down too hard on them necessarily. Cause they don't, especially cause like, Let's be real. A lot of the times these things are happening in AAA games, they're made by mega publishers. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing is the developer doesn't necessarily have that decision in their hands. However, I'm not convinced that server costs and those sorts of little things are like major problems for a mega publisher that they can't get a popular game off the ground without that kind of micro monetization. Yeah, that's true. I I think that's kind of a stretch. Mm hmm. You know, like they, they can't make ends meet on AAA games, which they did for a long time without these sort of exploitative features. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't buy it. But moving away from like the AAA games and like the justifiable microtransactions in, in with like loot boxes and things like that, uh, there are the, the games that actively predate on players. Talking about like a lot of mobile games. Like, I was actually going to bring up mobile games because I was thinking about the fact of you got these, like, what do they call them? They call them, like, idle games. Yeah, the idle games or the clicker games. Yeah, like clicker games In- and stuff Incremental like that. progress games. And I think about, like, where it first began with, like, mobile games. It's, I guess, I, I guess you wouldn't call it predatory, but it still was really annoying when... And I think it turned a lot of people away from mobile gaming is mobile games are like, oh, well, we need to make our money. So you play a round of whatever it be, Flappy Bird, whatever, I yeah. don't care. Flappy Angry Birds or whatever shit it might yeah, be. But Flappy Crush. Flappy Crush. <laughs> and as soon as you die, add plays. And then you want to start the next game, add plays. And like they're all over the place. And I understand why it's there, but it got mm-hmm. to a point where... You're, you're you spent more time watching ads. Watching an ad? <laughs> yeah, you spent more time watching ads than playing games. Like it seems like the game was just the way to get you through to the next ad. Yeah, and like people would call that on its face what it is. Oh, that's just a shitty game. You know, like they, yeah. they like they didn't even try. And now, like the marketplace is filled, absolutely saturated with low effort copycats of that. Oh yeah, yeah. but like they're they're banking on you like not knowing what you're buying. And Amanda uh, plays a lot of Candy Crush. Like, that's, like, her lay in bed and, and relax kind of game. And it, it's so that when you, if you fail a level too many times, you have to wait a half an hour before you can actually play the game again 
or, or you can spend money to get more lives or you can harass your friends so that they can invite fail. your friends. So they can fail on levels and then spend more money to get more lives. You can see the Farmville firmly entrenched in the DNA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's and that is is actively predatory. Oh, it's yeah. predator it's also just like disrespectful. Like I don't play those kinds of games. Like even if it's a game I kind of like but then you get that, I'm instantly turned off cuz I feel like it doesn't respect my time. It doesn't atten- like respect my attention span. Like this is a game that just wants me to like keep staring at my screen. You know, it's, yeah. it's only trying to prey on attention and money. Yeah, like I will say, I gave a lot of credit to the guy who created Flappy Bird because you know the game got so popular, people were playing it so much, and he pulled it because he's like, this wasn't what I envisioned this game being. I envisioned it being like a little sit on the toilet for like two minutes, yeah. play it, put it down, and be done with it. And then people got massively addicted to it. And he's like, I don't, I didn't want this. This isn't what I was asking for. But it was too late. There were already a yeah. hundred thousand clones in oh, the, yeah. the Google play store that all had like ridiculous ads. I will say seeing some of them, like obviously not playing them, but seeing what they are is really hilarious. Like, have you ever seen some of like the cuphead? Uh, they have like cuphead games. I can imagine what I've seen a little bit. The uh, like the Vine Sauce Android trash streams. Oh, dude, it's it's amazing. So many of them are like Grand Theft Auto three clones where they just like (laughs) like they just make the player Spider-Man. And then he just goes around like flying around shooting everybody who's shooting. (laughs) It's so low effort. It's amazing. I'm trying to find some of the ones that I've seen before. Like the names of them are hilarious. Like just everything about them. But it, it, it then you get into the game and it's nothing like oh, yeah. what like you think of uh you think of Cuphead you think of like that run and gun mm-hmm. you know style of game or like the boss rush if you're fighting the actual bosses now this game was 3D and you're running down like a regular ass street and there's cars and there's giant mushrooms that you try to fight and Cuphead can fly and you're like. What's happening? <laughs> Wait, so it's basically like a temple runner with a bunch of asset flips? No, like I, I got. So I, you're run, I, but you're running in a 3D environment, straightforward. You're saying no, you can. It's it's open oh, world 3D. Oh, so it's just like the Spider-Man thing, probably. Yeah. <laughs> What's wild to think is that a lot ridiculous. of these games are probably not even really individually made by people, but algorithmically generated by people who do this for a living. <laughs> yeah. It's a, that's, a, that's a really good possibility, but there's so many of them, like you said, and that in itself is another form, you know, of of being predatory is they know just making something that's slightly similar and they're going to use that cuphead picture or whatever it may be to sell it. You're getting people in because grandma Junior, Wait, like, your stupid coworker, they're not thinking about it. They thought they could download Cuphead. Yep. But that's that's nothing new though. Like no. Eh, no. everyone's heard of Asylum Films. Actually, you know what it is so like snakes on a train, like just to try to trick people into thinking like, oh, it's that movie I've heard of. No, it's not. It's so <laughs> much worse. You know what this feels like is a weird evolution of the like pop up ad games. Oh like my score God. three goals on this gnome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that that's not something I've thought about in a long time. <laughs> it's crazy to think like we don't have to deal with that anymore, but 
we have to deal with so much more. No, now yeah, it's, now now it's, it's a full-fledged game. Now it's corporate <laughs> sanctioned. And you yeah. know what? It can run in your browser because your browser takes up a gigabyte of memory every time it launches. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, like, the whole topic. Yeah, the whole topic. Just gets to me. It, well, it's tough to discuss because there's a lot of conflating of like what's bad versus what's unethical versus what's just like a shitty game. Yeah. <laughs> like there, there's a lot of different areas that you can look at. Like we were talking about last week, EA, I believe the number was, and I'm, I'm going to look this up in a second to confirm, because as I just said, somebody told me that you couldn't buy items in PUBG and you very clearly can still, you could still sell them on the marketplace. But I think it was that FIFA's ultimate team made up 40% of EA's revenue last year through oh, the yeah. microtransactions. And that's, oh, yeah. that's insane to me. Well, I actually, I did some research. Speaking of EA, uh, I did some research on a famous, um, famously panned announcement with the microtransactions. That was Battlefront 2. Mm-hmm. In Battlefront 2, they, they did calculations that, like, if you, like, basically AFK farmed, it would still take you about 40 hours to unlock a character okay. like without like spending money primary characters of the game too, Darth that Vader, you would think, I think would be like specifically mentioned yeah it's it's crazy like now you want to buy battlefront and then you see that you're not buying the game you thought you but were what's what's funny about all of that is they eventually um drastically lowered the cost of those things and that was like kind of front and center but they also reduced the number of credits you got per game. So it, it ended up like almost balancing out. Turns out you only needed to AFK for 20 hours instead of 40 to get one new character. Jeez. Or you could spend like 15 bucks. It's kind of silly. So when I hear the things like, oh, we've we've made it okay now. Like this is a reasonable way of doing these, uh, you know, random chances, microtransactions. I'm still like, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. like this is the time you did it the right way. Like, okay, the the only microtransaction that I am okay with was an enter the gungeon. There's a there's one gun you can buy with real world money in that game, and it's called the microtransaction gun. <laughs> you can unlock it normally, or you can spend two dollars to unlock it in the game. <laughs> And, and that's it, it that's like no, my favorite thing. It's, it has no special ability. It's just a gun that you can unlock for like two dollars. It's like any other gun in that game. Like it has its own like uniqueness to it. But it's the only other than like the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It's the only DLC that they offer. <laughs> <laughs> so I it does say Ultimate Team made up twenty eight percent of EA's revenue last. It's year. crazy that a AAA developer is getting almost a third of their money through microtransactions on a single game. Microtransactions yep. nobody talks about. Yeah. Like this is one of those things where like it's incredibly popular and like you've probably never heard anybody talk about playing it. Mhm. Well, and here's the thing that bothers me about it. While in this article it says while loot box style microtransactions are becoming increasingly controversial, They're also becoming a bigger part of EA's business all the time. According to the company's 10K report, uh, Ultimate Team revenue made up 16% of the company's business in fiscal year 2017, 21 in 2018, and now 28 in 2019. So it's only getting higher and higher. Going up. As every year year passes. 
Well, which, you know, when something is controversial, you want to build your whole business model around it because eventually it'll stop being controversial and people will be okay with it again. Well, especially and in it's 2019. definitely not a house built on sand. In 2019, when everybody sees your speeches to your shareholders and you say that like recurrent player transactions are driving your revenues way up and you're glad about this and you're going to do more. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's uh, like it's you're totally, totally going to get away with it. Totally reasonable. A hundred percent. There's no way that this could all fall out from under them. Well, here's the thing that's wild about it, too. It says sales of FIFA, the game itself, accounted for 14% of their net revenue in the last fiscal year and 11% for each of the two previous years. So your microtransactions make up more than the actual game that the microtransactions are for. Four. Absolutely. You better, well, so you better believe they're going to fight tooth and nail to keep this in there forever. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just insane when you look at that. and it Because specifically with Ultimate Team, from what I understand, now I've never played FIFA Ultimate Team. It's just from my general understanding of how it works. You can, you know, you buy the cards and it gives you players that you can have yeah. on your team for this, I guess, competitive gaming mode. Yeah. And that's crazy. Mm. Like, for so many reasons. Like, I, 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 I have a hard time understanding the popularity of it. Like, yeah, like especially because we're guys who play Rocket League, right? Like, yeah. which, once again, I am so glad that they dropped that shit. But, like, yeah, nice little removal of an asterisk on one of my favorite like, games. Aside from very small differences in the way that's, that the cars handle, like, very small, right? Yeah. Like, the game is exactly equal for all players, you know, yeah. like this is like a sport, you know, like you might be better than somebody else, but like, you know, the game is the same. The ball bounces the same for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yep. Like this is one where you're inherently going in and hoping that your like slot machine, like action figures will make your team good enough to win. But yeah. I will say, I only, I only partially agree with you that the the ball bounces the same for oh, everybody God. because everybody gets the good items in Rumble <laughs> and we get all the bad well, sure. items. The ball bounces the same. It's the items. Yeah, it's the items <laughs> yeah. Also, there's definitely spin physics. I get I got three teleports in a row. Stop getting plungers. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hate that game. This is an ongoing joke. Of <laughs> we don't get the good items in Rumble. Speaking of uh, ongoing jokes, um, now is about the time where we tell you to pause the podcast. Yeah. Go play Shovel Knight, and then come back and and keep listening to. Yes. It. Make sure Shovel Knight that. has zero microtransactions. It makes it, it the best game of all time. It, it's it's up there. Yeah. It's definitely out there. That's why I wear the shirt all the time. They even they threw in like what three new campaigns three without new campaigns. extra payment, like and, oh, yeah. and a Heck battle yeah. mode, like a multiplayer battle mode. Yeah, that's awesome. Like it's 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 incredible, but it's the complete package. It's Another a treasure thing, trove, if you will. Yes, that we were talking about last week. That I think me and Alex are in agreement. Get your thoughts on it, Pat. Is when, and, and I think this is just as predatory. I'll give the example that we used last week, which is Dark Souls 3. Dark Souls 3 is announced, and when they announce it, they're already announcing DLC for the game before the game even released. Yeah, well, this is kind of like the old one, right? And it's it's where you see that the line moves. Like, what is acceptable now was, uh, like, controversial before. And one of those things was, like, on-the-disc DLC, where it feels like they're taking a finished game, and they're like, all right, what can we like shave off? Where can we nickel and dime you? You know, like we'll cut this little piece off and 
That was a big problem with um, Arkham City, if I'm not mistaken, with the Catwoman missions. I think so, yeah. And it was basically on the disc. They did it, as I understand, so that you wouldn't buy the game used. Like, in a Mm -hmm. new copy of the game that you bought for $60 was a code for the DLC to add the Catwoman section into the game. And if you bought it used, which was typically at GameStop, $10 less, then you would have to buy the $10 DLC, disincentivizing you from buying it used. Okay. But the the Catwoman stuff, it was was on the disc, and... It was crucial to the game. Yeah, it was super relevant to the story of the game. Like, she just appears out of, if you don't have it, she just appears out of nowhere, like three quarters of the way through the game, and she acts like she's been there the whole time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're like, uh, okay. Okay, I guess this is the thing. Hi. Um, what? What? (laughs) She's like, Bruce, we have to do that thing we discussed. And he's like, okay. And you're like, what thing? What thing? I, I didn't discuss anything. Well, there's, and the thing is, it's not like this is something new that, well, the idea of talking about DLC before the game even comes out is a a new-ish thing. Yeah. But it's not new having DLC or expansions. Like, I think back to Diablo 2, you had the Lords of Destruction Destruction, DLC, Mm -hmm. or expansion pack, but it came out like, what? A year and a half, a year and two and a half. years yeah. after. later, it had significant additions to multiple like aspects of the game. Yeah, like, like it was a pretty hefty add-on. Now, there's there's one game in particular that I feel like has both the the golden standard and the golden raspberry in terms of DLC, and that's uh, Oblivion actually. Because Oblivion, you go on one end, you had horse armor. Right, it was the just, original terrible DLC. Yeah, it was the original terrible DLC. But on the other hand, you have an argument for DLC just in general, and that's Shivering Isles. Yeah, Shivering Isles was just fucking amazing. Like it, it added huge. so much to that game, and it's it's funny that one game has both a really bad example and one of the best examples for DLC. So the horse armor, like, just to add the context, it, it put armor on your horse that made it either, like, very resistant to or impervious to damage. And I believe it cost, what, 2 to $5? Something like that. Yeah. Um, you get in the game, in the most popular guild quest line, hands down, the of the Dark Brotherhood, I believe, mm-hmm. you get an invincible horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can well, just resummon anywhere, right? Anywhere. Anywhere. Like, well, awesome. <laughs> and and that's the thing that going back to last week is can the argument be made that part of the reason this is being done is because the cost of games has gone up exponentially. What it costs to develop a game is insane at this point. But the cost of the game to purchase has not moved basically since it, I mean I think it changed in Early 2000s, it went from 50 to 60. And it hasn't moved And it hasn't that. moved since. Like games so, yeah. used to be more expensive, but shouldn't the cost have gone down if they're not paying for like physical production and manufacturing costs? Well, they made that argument, and then it never came to fruition. Call of Duty still costs $60 for digital distribution. Mm-hmm. Well, that was something that, we yeah, also this talked was actually about a really, last week. A really long discussion we had. And it, it boiled down to that there are, there are other costs that are associated with it, server maintenance and, and distribution, but you're not actually buying the game, which is a whole other... Yeah, that's yeah you're not buying it. Like, they, 
the Catwoman DLC, and like th- that wasn't the only example. Mass Effect Two did it too. They had a, a code for a download for a crucial piece of of the game. Um, like they have fought long and hard against game ownership for a very long time, and mm-hmm. well, now they have firmly won that fight. Um, yeah, rip but, ownership. But, but there, there's other costs associated with the digital distribution and all of that. So while you're not like paying for physical media. There's still other things and other costs that go along with that. And that's the thing that, like, that's why last week we spoke about that to some degree. Like, not as much as we're talking about, you know, predatory practices and everything this week. But it's a discussion that was very lightly touched upon and then just disappeared. Yeah. Like, as this happened, we talked about, people were like, well, wait a minute. If you're not, if I'm not getting a box copy of the game, why am I paying this much money for the game anymore and it was only spoken about for a little bit of time and then it just went away now i i made this analogy last week and or last session and i I wanted to get your opinion on this analogy see if it kind of fits up here pat it's like uh it's why you buy hot dogs in packages of 10 and buns in packages of eight because they never updated the pans used to bake the buns They've just been using the eights forever, and that's just, that's what stuck. Video games are $60. Hot dog buns come in packs of eight. That's just, the, the, they never updated those those standards, those norms. Sure. You could buy a bigger pan, though. Um, I, oh, it's, yeah. it's one of those things where, like, it was that way for a reason, and why would they change it if they're making money? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not going to be like, they're over there like, gosh, if only we could, we could put hot dogs and buns and similarly numbered packages. Like, what a better <laughs> world that would be. But children, you have to understand, like, we bought all the plastic packaging and built all the pans back in the <laughs> 1940s and we can't yeah. redo it. Like, <laughs> Which is like a habit. It's like, it's easier to just keep going with something than to change everything. Well, and I think part of it too, and I guess... It makes, I mean, it makes sense purely from a fiscal standpoint is that would a publisher make more money to say, go, okay, well, we're not going to do DLC anymore, but the game is going to cost you $80 or were, are they going to make more money if they can get you with $60 and then a $30 season pass and then this and then that, and then they can keep tapping you more than once. Oh yeah. They can so it makes more it. sense. Sure. Purely from a fiscal standpoint. A big answer to, to like, what do they do when games cost more to make is, the answer is to a degree that the consumer base has increased. That's why they've been able to pay more to make these games is because the consumer base increased. So, like, there are other parts on the ledger here. It's not just like, oh, we were expecting a free lunch this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, like, in that way, I'm not upset that, like, games cost more. You know, like, there is no free lunch, and I don't expect somebody to, like, make a game that I like at a price that's nice to me out of the kindness of their heart. Yeah, exactly. But, like, it, it does turn me off when they add all this monetization. It, it's, it's like a caricature of, uh, like, a number of shows had these sorts of things. Like, Futurama had the movie with the scammers. Mm-hmm. There's actually like a Dragon Ball GT episode about the planet of like nickeling and diming. Like they get like ch- like they go into a bed in a hotel, they get chained down, and a meter starts running up how much they're paying for the bed. <laughs> and it's like games are like turning into this. Like they're mm. they're putting it all over the place, and it's like I just kind of want to be left alone. You know, I, I think to- that's what really bothers me on like 
the the boots on the ground level is that it's distracting and it feels cheap as an yeah. experience. I would agree with that. But then you also have like the whole pre-order thing and I, I'm still iffy on that. Yeah, yeah, I think that was just the like pre-orders aren't inherently bad. It's just no. that we were putting our faith in an industry that like gladly toyed with that faith all the time. You oh, know? Yeah. Like they there was no reason trust. they ever should have taken pre-orders for Duke Nukem forever, <laughs> but they did. Yeah. Well, and and they're banking on getting like good press or not good press, but getting their money before the game comes out. Because yeah. Yeah. once the game's out and everyone realizes that, you know, it's, it's Duke an interest Nukem forever. free loan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you can't get that money back. No. They, they made it so that you can. You already no. buy the game. I mean, it's, it's you gotta sell it to GameStop emptor, for five dollars. Right? Like, like you, you should know what you're getting into if you're paying for a game, and and to a degree, there's all that. But you know, I, I think we got to think a little harder about it because clearly, uh, at the very least, video game consumers are not the most conscientious buyers. No, and no. that's that's something we talked about last week too. Is that we are awful. Awful no. consumers. So we won't buy a game for more than $60, regardless of where the actual market price point is. But we will buy it for $140 if they pro throw in some cheap plastic crap. Yeah. <laughs> or we'll, we'll pay $20 for it and then put $100 into it over the course of the next six months on loot boxes and right. shit like that. Well, that's the... What's the one? I'm trying to think of the name of it. The Final Fantasy VII Remake pre-order bonuses are some of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. So I don't know if you guys saw this. So the standard edition, 60 bucks, make, okay. Deluxe edition, you pay $80, you get a steel Sephiroth bookcase, or Sephiroth steel bookcase, uh, hardback art book, you get Cactar Summon Materia DLC, and you get uh, the Chocobo Chick summon dlc when you pre-order and a mini soundtrack so you get that for 80 bucks but let's take it the next step which is the one that gets me so this is what you get in it you get the steel bookcase you get the art book you get the soundtrack you get the two uh summons i already know named you get carbuncle and you get a uh you get a cloud like on the motorcycle figure okay Want to take a guess at how much this thing costs? I'm going to say $170. $170? Mm, let's go high. Let's go $249. $330. Oh, my God. Wow. $330. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I saw this, and I was like, yo, that looks really cool. Of course. Like, and then if you look at the price. And, and then like, I looked at the price, and I'm like. I'm going to buy that for 10 bucks on eBay. Nope. These get crazy. And what's weird to me isn't like this, because I, I, I kind of get it. Maybe I'm being biased here thinking about it, but, like, who likes Assassin's Creed so goddamn much that they're going to buy, like, a vacation and an Assassin's Creed car as part of their, like, special edition? Because yeah. they, they produce, like, what, three of those mm -hmm. each time? And it's like, yeah. who likes this franchise? It would be like buying, like, a, a <laughs> car with, like, a national treasure type, like, <laughs> decal on it. Like, My what? Well, see, when you're talking about, like, shitty, like, special edition items... There, there are two specifically that come to mind. There was the the Fallout seventy six thing. Oh, where when, they they yeah. advertise like 
this nice like canvas like canvas duffel bag, bag and everything. And they sent out like this nylon grocery sack. I yeah. heard you guys like nylon. <laughs> that was that was real bad. And then and they then, tried to be like everybody's immature for wanting the thing we sold them. Like <laughs> what? Or then there's all that reminded me of the uh the Dark Souls 2 like special edition shit where they advertise like this really cool looking like Estes flask, right? And it ended up being like a painted milk carton. <laughs> <laughs> Look, no, like, go ahead and look up pictures of that on the on the online. That's wild. Uh, we got the the Carpe Nucum yeah. bust over the Duke here. Duke Nucum bust for Duke Nucum forever. But take a look at the the, the Estes flask. I'm, I'm, from, I'm gonna bring it up now. From Dark Souls too. Like, just that that whole shit was ridiculous. I thought you were gonna go with they released like most of the Dark game, Souls and too. then like a year later, like actually here's the whole game. You gotta buy it again. You gotta buy it again. Yeah, it's a different game. It's a different game. It's, I gotta, what? I gotta see this. Thing. Oh my god! It's, it's literally just like, yeah. Look at that! <laughs> look at that! <laughs> it's literally just like a painted plastic it milk looks, jug. It looks like something you'd buy off of Etsy for <laughs> cosplaying for like five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! That's the worst it's thing the I've worst. ever seen. It's so bad. You know what it reminds me of? It, and somebody posted the picture. It reminds me of these. The lemon and oh, we lime had the lemon juice. And lime juice. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. And like that, it just blew my mind. And the ad pictures, it looked like a nice glass, like Estes flask. Is that is that one of the ad pictures? I'm trying there? to, oh, it won't, it doesn't give me like a bigger version of the picture. Let me see if I can find... Some. Oh, there we go. Yeah, it sort of looks like... Yeah. It, it could be perceived as glass. But it looks picture. like an Estes flask, like how you would imagine an Estes flask would look. It looks like it could be It could be glass. There's but, some serious dating profile angles there. But yeah. Oh, yeah. You definitely, got the, you definitely got your lemon juice, lime juice squeezer. It's so <laughs> ridiculous that that's what they actually sent out with that. They just went out to like their local grocery store, bought a bunch of them, just squeezed them out, and mm -hmm. like put them in the shit, put them in the box. It's like, the, like the milk containers you get at Wawa, like the little plastic things, and they yeah. just painted it fucking green. <laughs> that's and, incredible. That that is that I, is insane. But that's what that whole thing reminds me of. It's the, like the nylon in place of the canvas for Fallout seventy six. Yeah, and that stupid fucking Estes flask. But they, they know, like, what's going to happen. Like, people get a little bit upset. Maybe people once can, in a while they have to ship out, like, a better thing. But, like, yeah. mostly they can sell, like, garbage for $300 and, like... It was, like, with Halo Reach, they had the, the Master Chief helmet. But it was, like, so small. Like, like it would only actually, fit on a cat? Yeah. <laughs> now, there was a good side I to it. I actually did have the New Vegas Collector's Edition. I really did like this Collector's yeah, this Edition. It's a nice collection. It's a pretty good collection. It actually has a really nice uh, strategy guide, too. Like, nice it's, like guide. half the strategy guide is actually design notes. Nice heavy uh, messenger coin. Got the playing cards. The I playing cards, because that's yeah, actually the design the artwork there. Mm -hmm. Which, that's, yeah. that's a nice little piece. Yeah, I never opened it. I left it still in the plastic. But I think I still have the strategy guide at my house. And that, that was a nice nice guy. That's, an, that's actually one of the nice collector's edition. Oh, yeah, the poker chips. Poker Again, chips. nice, uh, what's that, nice a Dark art. Horse type uh, or produced uh, prequel comic or something? Yeah, I yeah think Frank, so. Frank busted out his New Vegas collector's edition, and we're kind of ogling it now. They, they give you a whole prequel comic for an item you probably won't even find. Yeah. <laughs> It, Although it, if you read this, I think you might actually know where to find it. Like some of them, 
some of the collector's edition stuff, depending on the price of it, like I'm yeah, okay with Yeah, depending on it. the price point, yeah. Like if I remember sure. correctly, I'm going to grab it real quick. I think it was $100, but it was the collector's edition for Gears of War 3. Okay. And I'm going to grab that real quick. And we're going to find out what that's all about. But I've, I've had a couple of collector's editions uh, that I've actually paid for. Oh, wow. That's that's a big Marcus. Wow. That's a that's a big Marcus. Oh, and does this come out too? No, yeah. it just bobbles a little bit. <laughs> it, can, it can be pulled off. But I don't want to break it. Here's here's the crazy part. Like, I did not expect this thing to be this hefty. Oh, that's a gear of I war. I feel like they just took this out of like a workout set and like, like sheared oh. off the the other end of it. It's very it's very heavy. You get the, you know, you would get the game, which we'll have um, to put up some pictures of the things we're playing. Yeah, with. I'll, yeah. I'll post pictures on the uh, the bad RNG podcast Discord so you oh, guys you can see it. But. It came with uh, was that like, like a blueprint schematics for the for the weapons and stuff oh, like okay. that. Wow, uh, which I thought was really cool. It had the flag, like the oh, the cog flag. The cog flag. It's really small. It's more like a napkin. Yeah. <laughs> it has just uh, I believe it's Marcus's father. I will say I kind of like the cloth posters. Uh, I think that's a nice little. Yeah. A oh, nice letter these, too. These are these are cool. Like they got this stuff. Like they did a lot. To yeah, make there's it, a lot to that to make it really interesting, and that's why, like, depending on the actual like collector's edition, I'm willing to do it. Now, how do you feel about this type of stuff, both of you, when it comes to like, say, a Kickstarter? I Kickstarter mean, tends to do this type of stuff too, where it's like I'm 100 oh, well, fine with it. Like so long as you know what you're getting, then that's fine. And there there are some like Kickstarter tiers that are just like if you donate like the one that I that I recently backed, Four Souls, uh, Binding of Isaac by Edmund McMillan. Um, if you donated like ten grand or something, yeah, then you could get a gravestone with your name on it in his backyard. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Like shit like that. Like we ended up going a little higher, like we got like a playmat. There were like some stickers, a pin, uh, a poster with it. Like we got a lot of just random stuff, and I'm cool with that. So long as yeah. you're supporting something that that you think that you that, that you, you actually, care about, that you that actually much. care about. Yeah, like you with shovel knight. Like you bought yeah. everything having to do with shovel knight. Yeah, I did the same. I did similarly with um, with bloodstained. I think I on the Kickstarter. I spent like three hundred hours on the Kickstarter, which gets you like. A booklet gets you a T-shirt, gets you uh, it's a whole bunch of random like crap. A bunch of random stuff. You get DLC for the game for free. You get all sorts of stuff. Which, again, that that one kind of bothered me because, like, why is the DLC there? Yeah, why is it if, not? Why isn't it just in the game? Yeah. Um, but the DLC itself is actually pretty funny. I think the DLC is like two dollars, and it. It's a, it's actually just one boss battle. Like it doesn't add like more rooms or anything to the game. It's just one boss battle where you fight Koji Igarashi, the guy who created the game. And if you beat him, you get a ridiculously powerful weapon that you could use for the rest of the game. But the fight's like the hardest fight in the game. Right, right. So I thought that was kind of cool, cool. But now I have, uh, now I'm, for people who may not know this about me, one of my guilty pleasures is I love the Saw movies. 
Oh boy. I love the Saw movies. It's I, I liked just, one. One was good. And they they definitely started to go downhill after that. One is definitely the best. But I it, there's a soft spot in my heart for them. But for I think the fourth one or the fifth one, um, I got it was a gift that was given to me. It was a special edition of it, and it had the first movie and the fourth movie, as well as a single like cell from the production footage okay. of a scene from the movie. And it was like on this little like 38 like little thing and it had like its own little case and it tells you like what exactly it is. And I'm like, huh, it's a still from the, the fucking movie. Like that's super cool. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't pay extra for it. Someone else did. And I don't even think it was that much more, but yeah, I think Dana has that with, um, Lord of the Rings, return of the King. She has cells from return oh, of the King. That's, that's actually cool. really cool. Uh, and I think they're in our living room. They might, they're either in our living room or they're upstairs in the, like the bedroom or something, but, it's like a, it looks like a little, almost like a little tombstone, and it has like the little cells in it. But I'm totally <laughs> cool. cool with that kind of stuff, so long as you know what it is you're yeah, buying. That that's, that's the big thing, and and knowing that you're going to get what you paid for, like I, that. I guess that's the point of what we were getting at with this whole thing. Is the Estes flask was the lemon was the lime the lime squeezer, yeah, or uh, the canvas bag versus the, and the like nylon bag. Like the big if problem you give with me that, what I want, I'm okay with that. But the big problem with that is once it's out, once the game is released and the special edition is sent out, you're unable to purchase that anymore. Yeah, so you can't actually buy it while also knowing exactly what it is you're buying. Yeah, you can't get a feel for the product before the product is actually like before you actually pay for it. Right, and that's that seems counterintuitive in in a sense, like that you can't actually see what it is you're buying before you actually buy it. Like yeah, you just have to trust these these you know these corporations to give you what it is they're saying they're going to give you, and we all know how often that happens. Well, I think that's especially why when money's involved. I think that's why. I mean, one of the I, countless number of reasons that Bethesda's had issues with Fallout 76 is like Pat said, they come out with this, this edition with the nylon bag and they're like, why are you crying about it? You got the bag. That's, it's like, that's kind of the thing. They're making the, a situation you where told if, you, us this. if you don't like it, then you're just a big spoiled man child. Like look at these gamers crying about dumb things. And it's like, what a, what a but shitty the, like catch 22. Yeah, It would be one thing if Bethesda remembered how to make good games though. Yeah, like that's it. It is one of those things where, like, I gotta wonder, like, who who's still like like on the payola here? Who's still drinking the Kool Aid? Like, we know what the Bethesda is, and yet, like, their games still sell like hotcakes. Yeah, I mean, how many times have they remade Skyrim? I'm not, and yeah, like, let's let's cut out the things they just like published. Like, Six it. is Skyrim. Let's be real; it's just Skyrim again. Yeah, it's just gonna. They'll eventually just release Skyrim with like somebody's mod that adds the rest of the world and like mm. a bunch of shitty like generated quests. And what's what's funny about like the modern Fallout games is that the the most popular one that people seem to like the best is the one that wasn't made by Bethesda. Yeah. Uh, Fallout New Vegas was made by Obsidian. Mm -hmm. The one game that Bethesda didn't make, everyone's like, well, that's the best 3D Fallout. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of hard to argue against that. Like, I'll give I'll give them this. The the Doom games, the Wolfenstein games have been done really well. Yeah, I do like the the Doom 2016. Like, they've I'm, been I'm excited done really for Doom well, Eternal. But they're, for, 
for all intents and purposes, that's not what they're known for. They're known yeah. for Fallout. They're known for Elder Scrolls. Their that's own like, projects have languished as just these like half developed. Uh, the only word I can think of to describe the releases of these franchises is cynical. Yeah. Like when you release Skyrim that many times, it's cynical. When you when you like try to monetize mods year after the fact, that's cynical. When you do Elder Scrolls Blades and try to pretend like anybody wants that shit, <laughs> it's cynical, you know? Like they're just like, whatever, you're gonna pay for it. It says Elder Scrolls. Give me your money. Well, the thing with Bethesda that that blows my fucking mind is that they refuse to finish their own goddamn games. The modders finish the games. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, they're just like, yeah, buggy mess, but here, the modders will fix it. And then with, they, there was a mod for, uh, I think it was either Fallout 3 or Fallout New Vegas, where you could have settlements, right? You could have, like, <laughs> communities of people that that worked towards, like, your goals or whatever. And so Bethesda was like, well, let's just make that the whole next game. And that's yeah. all of se or, uh, Fallout 4. It's just all settlements. Well, the thing that I and think... And the, the modders did it better. And is that the wasn't worst the first part time. about it. A lot of what came into New Vegas and like, you know, kind of a clever way to address it if you're not Bethesda and you're trying to make it on their shitty engine is like they got things like a lot of the, the weapon uh, system, like the crafting system. Yeah. And, and the mods for them from modder ideas. Mm-hmm. So, like, it seems like their iterations, they're just like, look at this great idea we came up with. Yeah. Like, it's basically that meme where somebody's like, I made this and hands a thing to the other guy, and then they hold it, and then they're like, I made this. Well, <laughs> I guess I akin it to this, and this is probably going to be the statement that I make that gets me flamed on the internet more than any, any statement I've made. I do question... How good really is a game if your answer when you're talking about that game, like you enjoying that game is, well, yeah, I like that game, but I play it with a lot of mods. I play it with a lot of mods. It's like, good with mods. It's good with mods. Like That's I'll, the one that gets me. It's good with mods. Like So then it's not good. I'll right. be the first one to say it. I say that all the time when it comes to a game like Minecraft. Like I can play Minecraft by itself and it's okay. It's okay. like It's okay. That's where I'd put it. It's in that okay range. But add mods that people develop that add new enemies, new you know mechanics, new diff, all sorts of shit. And new tiles, new building options. Exactly. Like. When when you get all that, then the game becomes a lot more robust, and it's so different. And mm -hmm. that's what I hear all the time when I talk to people who have thousands of hours in Skyrim. Their response is, well, I only play it with mods. Yeah, so I, it's I, like, is the game as good as you think yeah, it is? And the context matters. This is a $60 game made by a big publisher with tons of support and a major like crew of people making it. And it still comes at like when you play it on its own, it's still the kind of game that's like so janky that you question whether something is like poorly or weirdly developed or if it's an actual glitch. Yeah. But and it's good if you use mods, like it, it falls apart. Yeah. Yeah. And here's what I, and here's one place where I'll make an argument for Minecraft over like a Skyrim. Minecraft is always adding new content. Yeah, They're the base game has really developed. Yes, it's so much like when I got it, it was in alpha. So there was like 
nothing. Yeah. There was no hunger bar. Like, at this point, no hunger bar. It was back with the old sound that you hear on memes all the time when you get hurt. You got that, ooh. Like, that's not a thing anymore in the game. Like, that's, I wish it was because it was funnier, but. You could probably mod that in. (laughs) I think there is a mod that adds it back in. But Skyrim came out. This is what you got. And then I believe Skyrim had, did Skyrim have DLC? I'm not, I can't remember if it did. I don't know if it had it initially, but. Yeah, Skyrim had, it didn't have it initially, but I think it had two or three DLCs. It was like, uh. Uh, there was one you went to Morrowind to yeah, fight another you went dragon. To Morrowind, and there was one where you fought vampires. And I guess that's where my problem is. Like, you came out with two pieces of DLC that people bought, but you did nothing to improve the game. The funny thing was, the DLC at certain points made the game worse. There was uh, a chance that in the vampire, I forget what the hell the vampire thing was called. It was like Dawn Star or Dawn, Voyage of the Dawn Treader or something. I'll look it up. I know it's not actually Voyage of the Dawn Treader, but it was, there was a, a random chance for vampires to attack the town and they could kill merchants forever. Oh. And just completely negate your your ability to sell in that place. Like I, I've had issues where they killed outdoor merchants or NPCs that I needed and they were just I couldn't do that anymore. So there were three. There was Dawn Guard. Dawn Guard is the name of the vampire. There one. was Hearthfire. And that was the home was, improvement one. And then there was Dragonborn. Yeah, Dragonborn was where you go tomorrow and to fight the other Dragonborn. So three different pieces of DLC, still janky as fuck. It also makes a weird spot where, like, if you have these mods now, like, in your brain space, it's like these are premium mods. Yeah, like, yeah. I always I mean, like you said, like, trying that. to monetize mods on console was was a big scummy move too. And then yeah. they backpedal, and like that. That's it. You see all the backpedaling, but the the sad truth is, with all this monetization, they're gonna win because of the the outrage burnout effect. You know, where like it's initially like obviously bad but once everybody said their piece about it like it's just kind of like whatever man like we already talked about that have you ever heard of the concept now it's usually talked about in terms of like politics Mm. but uh, i'm going to to appropriate it here uh you ever heard of the overton window yes do you know the concept so for anyone who doesn't know what the overton window is it's generally used in in politics or in reference to politics about what seems to be more left or more right. like It's kind of your window of acceptability in terms right. of the public discourse. Mm-hmm. And so you see it's shifting left, you see it shifting right, but whatever, That's we're not using it in that sense. In this sense, we're talking about what is and is not okay for developers to push. And we're shifting more towards like the whole, it's okay for microtransactions. It's okay for these for these predatory practices, so long as they're regulated. And that pretty soon it's like, well, why do we need these regulations? Like they've already been doing it right for so long, and it's well, going to keep so pushing bad with more loot and more. boxes. I mean, it's better than the system where they steal your blood. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and the, you see that kind of. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than. Yeah, you know, like like you want to play the next level, just give up a pint. You know, like a pint like, per level. I mean, come on. Oh, now you're complaining. But <laughs> last week it was a gallon. <laughs> so it's better. But now you got the loot box, okay? You don't even have to give up any blood. Yeah, I mean, Just come give on. them money instead of blood. They, they have your interests in mind. They just miscalculated. 
But no, it's only like four it's... people had to be completely exsanguinated before they actually thought about changing it. <laughs> I mean, come on. It was just like they were just trying it out because they released the vampire DLC. <laughs> and they thought it would be a great way to drive player engagement. I'm just glad I got to use the word exsanguinated. On the That's... <laughs> Your vocabulary words are there exsanguinated, Overton window, and, and shovel night. Shovel, shovel night. <laughs> Yes, and Shovel Knight. It's your vocabulary word every day. But yeah, just over time, it's like, you know, oh, we it's, already it's, talked about that. Like, what's the big deal? Like, It's going to shift more and more into the realm of acceptability. And, you know, we're just going to get there. So, like, that's it, why where it comes to, like, do I think that, say, like, microtransactions in Fortnite are bad? Kind of. Like, mm -hmm. we're kind of moving in that direction, and I don't exactly like it. It's I don't better think than, it's unethical. It's better than the system where they take your blood, but it's not ideal. Right. Yeah. I'm not even going to say that it's, like, exploitative necessarily. I think that it does kind of market to kids in, like, a sort of insidious way. Like, yeah. we've seen that all. Yeah. But, you know, it's not unethical, I don't think. But no. I don't really like it because it's so popular and because what it means for games in two years. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of system is we going to see later on? And I think that's why the loot box one was for, for some people, I think the loot box one was the straw. Oh that yeah. Broke the camel's back. Well, because, because it's literally gambling. Cause it's literally gambling and you've seen, you know, there's been reports that like, uh, youth gambling is on the rise in the UK. It's higher than it's ever been and things like this. And like, how do you not recognize that this is an issue at that point? And mm -hmm. it, it, it has, the discussion had to be had. Sure. So. Well, it's also cause like there's, there's three speeds that happen with this where tech is the fastest discussion comes in markedly slower than that. And the law lags way behind. Yes. And because the law lags way behind, eventually that discussion is just like, whatever, like it's over. Yeah. And it's not like, it's yeah. totally not, but we, we can't do anything about it. Like the law is going to be addressing like the, the loot boxes by the time we get to the blood drain robots. Like it's, but like tech has already made, created a proliferation of, of gambling, like via electronic and remote means. And, you know, it's led to a laxing of gambling laws and like whether Wait. the consequences of that, whether really be appreciated. Now, uh, who knows? Here's, here's an interesting one that I, we actually haven't talked about yet. And I don't know how familiar you guys are with this game, but uh, World of Warcraft. I have very minimal knowledge of so because I barely played it. So World of Warcraft, uh, they introduced this a little bit after the fact, but you could play the game, just go from level one to level sixty, and you know naturally progress. Or oh, the leveling system you like could you pay, pay like the fifty or sixty dollars. Yeah, you could pay an additional right to max level. You just go right to max level. You just, boom! I don't want to play the game. This money will play the game for me. I just, I don't understand and, the point. Yeah, like, like skipping the whole game? Well, hey, because, I bought this so I don't have to play it. <laughs> well, because the, the game is weighted towards the, the, the end game, right? Like you're going, yeah. once you want to do have, what everybody else is doing. Once you have a level cap and the game's been out for as long as it has been, those players that hit that level cap are going to get fucking bored if you're not focused on end game content. Yeah. So a lot of it is like there's there's high level raids, there's like boss fights, there's PvP arenas, things like that. That's all focused towards the end game. And people are like, well, I have to put in 50 hours just to play this game with my friends for a little bit. Like that's why can't I just pay money and, you know, have the game play itself for me? 
or alternately, like with gold farming, you can pay Koreans to do it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you think back in the day, I, I remember seeing these all the time. And I wonder if you guys remember it, the the websites for people that would power level you in like, oh, yeah, in mm -hmm. Diablo 2. Like, what do you want? What armor do you want? We'll get it for you. This is how much it's going to cost you, blah, 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 whatever yeah. it was. And people would pay and let these people go into their account and play their game for them mm -mm. to get. No way. No, uh -uh. absolutely not. No way. Uh -uh. Like I could see a situation where like maybe they sell you an account that they have farmed up. But even that, like that still doesn't seem like a great way to spend money. No. Yeah. But what happens when like you give somebody your account? You're like, oh, well, I want this helmet or whatever. And then they're like, you pay them to get it. And then they get it and they're like, oh, well, you can have it for an additional $40. We'll give you your account back. Well, from what I, so I have a friend who actually used these services before. Friend. Yeah. Friend. Air quotes. Yeah. Friend. Yeah. Um, it was Frankie did it. No. God. <laughs> good God. No. It was his mom. My mom, my mom, mom was we, big we, into we used to, we used to play Diablo two a lot together, <laughs> but she played Necromancer. I bet from, from the understanding that I have for items, they basically, whoever the people are, they get like a mule account and just give you the items after yeah. they get them. But with the power leveling, like from what I was told, they basically told him, look, I need your account information and you can't log in for the next like two weeks. Like, how does that not seem sketchy to you? Yeah, that's that somebody that says, a huge red flag. Yeah. Don't log in for two weeks. I need your ATM card and don't try to use your money for two weeks. Yeah, like, don't like, even look at your bank. Account. I wonder what that number is going to be when I come back. <laughs> yeah, think about that. Like that. That's so crazy. But thinking back that long ago. That was uncharted territory yeah. at that point. But, but oh, I yeah. think that the like companies were watching what people were paying for mm -hmm. from third party services, and like there was a direct intention to just like why why can't why us? can't we do it? Why, yeah, yeah, why can't we? Um, but but like the World of Warcraft one is interesting. The the paying to level because yeah. that that ties in with why the skins do so well, and this is something that you see like when seminars are done about crafting these games, they are very upfront about the design in terms of peer pressure. Like you don't want to be a default skin, uh, especially if you're a kid and other kids play it. Yeah, because that's like a thing people make fun of. Like they they create a peer pressure where like why aren't you playing this part of the game? Mm -hmm. Why don't you have this stuff? Like it's it's inherently baked in, and I, I think that that is like really really exploitative. Mm -hmm. Why don't you have the Galaxy Man skin in Fortnite, dude? And and well, see, that was that was even like I, f I feel like that even toes the line because you had to buy a separate product. Yeah, you had to you had to have and so that even ties into the peer pressure thing. It was a Galaxy like Note S nine or something. Note nine, because and, I remember and you had to play games of Fortnite on that phone. Yeah, I I remember. <laughs> I guess I'm part of the problem <laughs> because I remember I bought my Note nine for work. And Alex plays Fortnite a lot. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to download it on the phone and play one game just so I could get the Galaxy <laughs> Man skin. <laughs> so that's what I did and played with it. And he didn't even say anything. I was like, damn it. This was pointless. <laughs> now I got to uninstall this stupid game off my phone. <laughs> and I didn't even get the desired reaction. But 
Yeah, it, it, I mean that plays a huge factor too. Yeah, the peer pressure factor. aspect of it, like the, and it's funny you bring up like the default skin because that's that's definitely something that's a big that one. gets thrown around now. But it's also kind of like how the FOMO preys on people who like have a completeness sort of complex, mm -hmm. where like they become the whales, and these things are very specifically designed to attract whales. The industry term for people who spend a shitload of money on a game. Yeah. You know, especially in short bursts of time. So one last question I have for you is before we start wrapping up on the predatory practices. What is the first microtransaction game you remember? I remember or that I remember playing? That you remember playing. Like you uh, played okay. yourself. You actively played. Because mine's actually pretty funny. <laughs> hmm. That's a good question. It'll be, it might be surprising. It might not. Well, shoot. Habo Hotel. I played Habo Hotel. Like, I never did any of the the. I, I didn't buy stuff. anything, but I remember it had the microtransactions. You could buy like the furniture. Deeply and stuff monetized. Like that. Yeah, it was deeply monetized. Does The Sims Two count. Yeah, because I mean, it had all that DLC. Well, there's like a thousand pieces of DLC for the Sims games. Like, yeah, yeah. Sims Two in particular was really, really bad with it. It just felt I like didn't a play a lot of Sims too. because in the first one there were so many utilities to make your own stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, they found that they could monetize that, so. I want to look up Sims It's just a shame DLC. that, like, new monetization means, like, inherently kind of downgrading a game. Yeah. One, I'm two, three. Oh, wait. We'll, we'll go. <laughs> yeah, he's looking at Sims 3 DLC. But you, for, like, Sims 2, you had pets. You had furniture upgrades. They were, like, different. You could buy a whole pack, I think, that was just showers. Like, it was weird. And they, they monetized the shit out of it. I didn't play a lot of The Sims pieces too. of DLC. How much do they cost per? Uh, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. All of those $20. were 20. Let's say these ones, 20, 20, 20, What year 20, did this 20, game come out? 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, and 20. Every single piece of DLC is $20. Yo. What year did The Sims 3 comes out? Sims 3 came out 2009. I mean, it's not like Train Simulator, but that's pretty bad. $20. Yeah. You're, they're asking somebody to spend $380 on DLC for a game that is a decade old. Yeah. That is insane. But yeah, that's... I think that's about it. I didn't play wow. a whole lot of Sims 2. I'm trying to think of like a game that I played a lot of that had microtransactions. Yeah. Well, Probably had to be like... Probably like Candy Crush. Candy Crush. I okay. played The Simpsons Hit and Run for a little, or not Hit and Run. Uh, Simpsons Tapped Out. Oh, the the mobile game, and it's basically Farmville. Yeah, and, and like you know, I, I want to say I maybe spent a total of like eleven dollars playing it, mm -hmm. plus another two of like Google Play Store credits. Yeah. Uh, so here's a uh, another question: Since you brought up how much you actually spent on it, what's the game with microtransactions that you spent the most on? Probably Rocket League. Yeah, Rocket League is an easy easy one for me. I've, I've bought a lot of keys. The game I spent the most on in microtransactions. Yeah. Or at least Rocket League's the one I can think of that had the most that, like, are this sort of thing or that I, I like, kind of regret in retrospect. For like, me, it was probably Rocket League as well. Like, yeah. I, I don't spend a lot of money on, on like, I, I, you've seen it. I, I just hoard boxes. Yeah. Um, it's wild how quickly they add up when you don't unlock them. Yeah. yeah, I've been, I stopped opening them like about a month ago after I'd cleared them all out mm -hmm. and I'm back up to like 
50 or 60. Yeah, I was saying in a him, month's time. We were talking about it the other night. Like I have just I, I have like a hundred boxes right now, and that's after giving twenty-four away. Yeah, we traded twenty-four <laughs> boxes for a win. <laughs> yeah, we traded twenty-four boxes for a win. I still count it as win though. It's a win. It's a sure. W. It counts in the W column. Yeah. The game still reads it as a win. Their strategy <laughs> led to a loss. Yes. But I think Any any closing thoughts from we, people? I, 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 well, we, we we were talking earlier about um, the the ending segment. You know, what games are we playing this week? So, so what is what is everyone into? What are we? For me, recently, like my big game that I've been playing lately has been Dragon Quest Builders too. Like I've been playing the shit out of that game because um, it's got a it's got a fun story and the building aspects are pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Like. One of the cool things about that game compared to other games that are similar to it, like a Minecraft and stuff like that, is uh, like there's blueprints for rooms that you can build, and those rooms will be purpose built. So when people join like your your town or your village, they'll use it in that exact fashion. Like you could build a dining hall, and people will, like cook in there, and they'll put food out, and they'll all eat in that building, and okay. it like changes the way the game plays. So it has some really cool elements to it in that way. That's been one, and hopefully, I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks to finally start playing Bloodstained. <laughs> <laughs> I've had it for a month, and I haven't played it yet. What about you, Pat? Uh, mostly just Rocket League. Mostly just, just, Rocket just the Rocket League right now. I've, uh, yeah. I've been playing with some tech toys, so uh, you know, I haven't really uh, had a me game recently. Mm-hmm. I know that feeling. I think uh, I have been playing a lot of Rocket League, a lot of Enter the Gungeon, trying to, to round out my unlocks in that game. Yeah, but other than that, um, I'm actually been messing a lot with um, my VR headset with "Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes." That's Very a nice. great game. That's a great game. Very we still nice. have to play that on uh, through Discord one day. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think that would be. Or a we lot could of all fun. get together. We should do one here where one person plays, and maybe we like walkie-talkie into them. Didn't we do that? We we played it here, but we we didn't get like the separate room effect, which uh, I think would add something. Like being like a remote technician. I might yeah. I might have done that with Dan and. Dan and Tim, we actually did it because I have walkie talkies from when we were doing the MAGFest events and I was in here with the headset on and they were out there with the (laughs) manual and the walkie talkies and I'm like, all right, here's what's happening. (laughs) And they would tell me what was going on. I think that would be, that would be good. We could get a great stream going with that. Like Mm -hmm. if you could have a webcam of the other person over discord, like going through the manual, like the dramatic (laughs) shots, that that would would be great. That would be pretty good. good. You got to get it like up in the air. So it kind of looks like a security camera, (laughs) black and white it. Even if they're not using like a headset boom mic, they have to have it on. (laughs) (laughs) But no, that's uh pretty good we we talked about a lot of a lot of predatory practices we went and we touched on a lot of different things yeah there's a lot of different things we talked about so if you have anything you wanted to add to the discussion you can join the discord and, and throw your thoughts in the in the bad rng podcast section or just in general and and we'd be happy to address any questions or, or concerns you might have yeah you can obviously hit any of us up on twitter you can you can message the bad rng podcast twitter or you could Hit any of us individually. I'm at the Salonium. I'm at some chef dude. I'm the bomb ass pizza. So you can hit any of us up on there if you want to talk to us there. If you're listening, if you're listening to the podcast, you already know where it is, but you can find it on Google Spotify, Google Podcast, Spotify, iTunes, 
Um, it's also on the selenium.net. You can find it there. The website oh, has yeah. all the episodes on the selenium.net. So you can check it out there. Um, just in case you don't have an account with like iTunes or whatever, it's a way to listen to it without yeah. having to sign up for anything. So mm-hmm. talk to you guys. And don't forget to drive the engagements. Yes. Do all the stuff. Do all the things. Scrumble Go the click Google. any other video and just skip to the last like 30 seconds and listen to that spiel. Do that. Do that. Just but, scrumble us on Grimbler. Eat I, our Patreon. <laughs> I thought I'd let you guys know that my website is hosted on Squimbase. Oh, shit. Oh. So check that out. Yeah, make sure you get on that Squimbase, too. Get on the Squimbase. more minutes today. Could buy Pi get you a website that shows your stuffs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast. I appreciate it. And I will catch you on the next one. Do whatever time it happens to be, wherever it is you happen to be. I hope you have a good one. Watch it or you'll be slipping with the fishes, see? Yeah. Yeah.